0: Five seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. He's ready to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, get out. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown
1: by Matthew Butler. He, speak to
0: They are who we thought they were. And we let the- I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go
1: scatter the West Side tight. That's left. 372 Y 65.
0: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt.
1: Well, how am I gonna
0: go to college? I'll just play football.
1: Yeah, I thought I heard the air raid siren in there somewhere. <laughs> I thought that's what that was. Welcome what are you talking sh- about? <laughs> For those of you listening at this time, that is only a sound effect. <laughs> There's no need to run to the bunker to grab all the bread and milk and get your hands on and go, you know, dashing down the steps into your tornado shelter. That's that's just our answer to this. A I minute, mean, where is it? <laughs> That's right. We got a train and we got a a train horn and we got an air raid siren. So, sound effects galore and they're all appropriate at this time. Hey, so welcome into the show here on a Thursday. Just getting started with you, hour one. Just getting started, a long way to go, too, and a lot to cover. There is news today. You have seen Eli Manning play football for the last time. Now, you can always watch a replay, but you have seen him play live. For the last time. And what are your emotions? What do you think about that? You can let me know in lots of different ways. And, Roger, the, uh, my my screen, in terms of logging into the call screen, is doing the same thing it was doing yesterday. Where it just sits there and spins and spins and spins and spins. Um, overloaded on the gridiron, I guess. Overloaded. And so if, um, if we get a phone call early on here until we get it fixed, just hit me up, one ringy-dingy, give me the sound effect in my ear, and I'll know, and we'll jump over to the phone call. Y'all want to call me? I'd love to hear from you today. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. It's 995-1059. The Davini Equipment phone, Davini Equipment in Madison and Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. They've been doing it better longer than anyone else. You can also text me. I'd love to hear from you that way. The text line is wide open to you. It is 885-ESPN. Got it? It's a 601 number, 885-ESPN, or eight eight five three seven seven six. 3776 Either way, hit me up, and uh, we'll see what you have to say today on the text line. You can also say hello over on the Facebook stream or on Twitter, Periscope, if you're watching live. Hey to y'all. Hey! How you doing? Hey to Sean and Lynn and people saying hell State on Facebook. It's Facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt, and uh, so y'all check that out. And if you're watching the stream, there are the numbers that I just mentioned. All right. Eli Manning retiring, I'm sure by this point you've heard a lot about it. It seems like it's been an ongoing conversation, uh, maybe a good off-season topic over the last 5 years or so, and that is the Hall of Fame status of Eli Manning. I've told you before on this show that I'm not really certain. I'm not I'm not sure that I can pinpoint The reason that there is a big conversation about him going to the Hall of Fame, it seems pretty obvious to me that he is. seems pretty obvious to me that Eli Manning is going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame sooner as opposed to later. But for whatever reason, there's been some who have uh, argued that he's not a Hall of Famer. At any rate, we know that this is it. Hanging it up. He's hanging up the spikes. Eli Manning... Retiring after 16 seasons in the NFL. And what does it mean to you? You know, that's probably an interesting question. What does it mean to you? I mean, if you're not a fan of the Giants, nor if you're, you know, a fan, if you're not a fan of Eli Manning, why would it impact you in any way? It's just that as a sports fan, you know, you get used to something being a certain way. For 16 years, a long time. That's a long time to do anything. I was hanging out with some some friends of mine yesterday on a work project, and we kicked this subject around a little bit, but I think what I said was, you know, I know myself pretty well, and I can only imagine after 16 years of doing anything, I would get bored with it, (laughs) be ready to do something else, try something else, after 16 years of it. But for 16 years, he's been the Giants quarterback. And up until this past season, we know that. And then two Super Bowl MVPs. He's 39 years old, stepping away. Now, he holds just about every passing record in Giants history. has those two Super Bowl rings. And oh, by the way, wasn't he the MVP in both of those? Yeah, because it says right here, Manning is one of just five players in NFL history with at least two Super Bowl MVPs in an elite club with Joe Montana, Bart Starr, Tom Brady, Terry Bradshaw. Now, like I said, just about everybody that I know agrees that he's a he's a bet to be in the Hall of Fame. But there are some who argue that. What I would like to know is... What are the most common arguments used against Eli Manning in terms of you know being in the Hall of Fame? What are those? Is it the team's record? You know, I've heard some people say, "Well, he's just a 500 quarterback." In terms of even even. And there are other 500 quarterbacks who you know were very average, but they don't have two Super Bowl MVPs or two Super Bowl rings let alone two Super Bowl MVPs. So in terms of his career in NFL ranking, he is 7th all-time in completions, 6th all-time in pass attempts, 7th all-time in passing yards, 7th all-time in touchdowns, and 12th all-time in interceptions. We're talking all-time. They're going to have a press conference tomorrow on Friday to do this whole thing and talk about it and all that kind of stuff. And um, if you're a Giants fan, an Ole Miss fan, you're obviously going to watch. You're going to pay attention. There was a joke made yesterday, and you know I did think it was pretty funny, that said that um, Eli Manning was going to, become a San Diego uh, Charger for one day so he could retire as a Charger. (laughs) The team that drafted him. Eli Manning's Hall of Fame case. Now this is from Ian O'Connor, senior writer ESPN. He's written four books. Three of them were New York Times bestsellers. This is all from Twitter. He wrote about Bill Belichick. Here's what he said on Twitter. Eli Manning's Hall of Fame case. More touchdowns than Montana and Elway. More passing yards than Montana and Elway. 222 consecutive starts. That includes a postseason. He's one of five men, period, to win multiple Super Bowl MVPs And then this says he beat the greatest quarterback and coach ever in two Super Bowls. And so he says, therefore, the case is closed. Just to give you an example of what people say, if you read the comments on that tweet from Ian O'Connor of ESPN, read a few of the comments and what they say, a guy goes, well, the first two don't matter. It's a game that's evolved so much that pure volume doesn't make a Hall of Fame case over others. By that measure, you're saying Eli is better than both Montana and Elway, which we all know is not true. This says outside of two Super Bowls, he's a career stat piler. I mean, what do you I mean, what do you want? What do you, you can't say outside of two Super Bowls. You know, in terms of passing yards, he has more passing yards than John Elway. He has more passing yards than Dan Fouts. He has more passing yards than Joe Montana. In terms of touchdown, more than Elway, more than Fouts, more than Montana. Add in this. Every eligible quarterback who's gotten to 50,000 passing yards or 300 touchdown passes is in the Hall of Fame. Everyone. He's one of only six guys who've won multiple Super Bowls. And again, you know, you look at his numbers and it's really clear. He's in a group that all of them have gone to the Hall of Fame. He has 57,000 pass yards and 366 touchdowns. Anybody who's ever reached any either of those benchmarks, 50,000 pass yards or 300 TDs, anybody who's ever reached it is in the Hall of Fame. And there are people who want you to believe that Eli Manning with 57,000 pass yards and 366 touchdowns isn't somehow qualified to go in, and he has two Super Bowl MVPs. It is case closed. It is a no-brainer. Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. Oh, that's good. I'm a poet and don't know it. Rich, What's everybody's beef with him, man? Why, why do they just instinctively go negative? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know is it, what it is. That's the a dynasty good, thing? I and think that's people it. People resent that? I think there's a lot of resentment for the Manning last name. Well, you know, you got dynasties that go the other way towards stupidity. Yeah, that's true. I think I'm Which starting. one are you in? You know, yeah, I'm going to start with Just ask though. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> just ask yourself. Yeah. Rich on that was Twitter, more of a rhetorical question, Matt, really. Rich on Twitter says, you're putting me to sleep talking about Eli. Okay, well, let's let somebody else talk about it. Lynn on the Divini Equipment phone line, who's listening, he's just outside of Columbus, Ohio. What's up, Lynn?
0: Hey, Matt. How y'all doing?
1: Just right. What's up?
0: Oh, man, I'm much? Hi, y'all? I I think Eli does belong just like you. I I think he catches a lot of flack, a lot of slack because he is on some bad teams. Hmm. He he was on some bad teams and then he's he's always going to be under Peyton's shadow. And say what you want to, Peyton was a better quarterback. I don't know if he had better physical talent than Eli did. I kind of think Eli may have had more and just didn't work as hard. But. He's, his win loss record is probably what's going to hurt him the most. I don't see any way you can keep him out though. Mm. I mean, just like you said, he's everybody else has done what he's done then. in. That's just, right.
1: He,
0: he's Peyton's little brother, and he's on some very average and bad teams. But he did beat the greatest team of all time probably
1: twice. It's just and which right. is it's just incredible what he did in those two. And I think that's the thing about it is that, you know, even without the Super Bowls, his numbers are good enough to put him in the Hall of Fame. But you go it's in there, that and, piling. Yeah, right. I mean, you go in there and beat the Patriots twice, Dad. gummit. It's pretty incredible to me, Lynn. I appreciate the call, man. I always appreciate you listening.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, y'all have a good. One.
1: All right, you too. Over here on Facebook, hey to everybody, Sean, Lynn, Terry, Greg, Linda. My mom, Keith, Ken, Patrick, uh, look at this, Ken being sarcastic. Roger, Ken goes, outside of two felonies, my uncle's the greatest person ever. <laughs> <laughs> I see what he's doing there. All right, uh, More bully on the phone. What's up, more bully?
0: Dead gummit, that's right. Dead
1: gummit. Man, all right, so I'm with you. I'm
0: am a I'm a bulldog, and I'm with you. Um, he deserves it, but let me ask you a question. Um, and I didn't know this until it was flashing across the screen last night. How how much weight does win loss record go into it? Because yeah. he's only a 500 quarterback.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, and that is that is you know anybody that argues against it, that's a major one. 500. They go, okay. Well, yeah. that people would go, well, that's evidence that he's a stat compiler because. He's a 500 quarterback. They weren't winning, but he's racking up numbers. But the thing about it is, if you're the quarterback racking up numbers, why aren't you winning? It's got to be somebody else's yeah. responsibility in there somewhere, right? And and
0: yeah, the question needs to be answered. What other quarterback has two Super Bowls over the Patriots and two MVPs? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, in those two. I
0: mean, that, I think that's a great argument right there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, I, I don't think. Topic, but it's too bad it is. Yeah.
1: See you, man. Thanks, Thanks, more bully. I do think, too, that there are, are some people out there who, because of the way they basically just manipulated the whole system, when San Diego took him number one overall, but they had decided, nah, he ain't going to San Diego. And they kind of pulled a switcheroo and put their feet in concrete and said, we're not moving on this. We're not playing out there. And then the teams had to do something different. And he winds up in New York. And instead, Phillip Rivers winds up in San Diego, who's an excellent player and has never played in a Super Bowl. And that's really, I mean, pull up their numbers. Pull up Philip Rivers and Eli Manning and look at them. What's the big difference? It's the Super Bowls. I mean, really it is. And so if that's the big difference, how can we say that on one front, you can't say that the Mannings made a poor decision. (laughs) Because the guy who went to San Diego instead of Eli put up the same kind of numbers and has no Super Bowls to show for it. Hey, I'm just pointing it out. That's all. That's all I'm doing. Over here on the text line, how about this? A bunch of them. Let's do it. Text me at 885-ESPN. The text line wide open to you, 885-ESPN, 601 number. Jason says he wants to know if we have any sound effects for combined arms gunnery. No, Jason, but if you have them, send them along. (laughs) I want to hear it. Um, Bulldog Bo in Memphis wants to know if Mississippi State's baseball scrimmages this weekend are open to the public. I do not know, but I will find out for you. Hopefully, by the end of the show, if I can get into a commercial break, I'll text somebody and find out. Mac in Vicksburg regarding Eli Manning says that he was able to be average for a long time, and now that would be the definition of a stat compiler. But I again, even if it's two within the context of a 16 year career, how can how can you say two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs are average? You know, you can't. Now, there may have been some downs in there, but again, we're just saying facts are facts on this. Brad on the text line says his last Super Bowl season describes his career perfectly. They had a really good team, and he led them to a nine and seven record. And with a combination of luck and ability, they won the Super Bowl and he got the MVP. They were nine and seven. Gator Man says that Eli Manning is Tom Brady's kryptonite. Ghost Texture says Eli passing stats are like comparing an average three-point shooter today to Larry Bird. Different eras. Eli threw four. He said Eli threw interceptions for fun when he was bored. <laughs> he was Jameis before Jameis was Jameis. Well, I know, but if you're in the top 10 and all these other categories, yards and touchdowns, but you're outside of the top 10 all the time in throwing picks, then maybe it wasn't that bad. Nick says Joe Namath was 68-71 and in his career for what it's worth, and that's an excellent point. That in spite of a career-losing record as a starting quarterback, nobody ever even batted an eye at the Hall of Fame candidacy of Joe Namath. Why? Because it's not the Hall of Stats. It's not the Hall of Winning. It's the Hall of Fame. And ain't nobody ever been any more famous in the game of football than Joe Namath. That almost rhymes. That almost rhymes. Sheriff Jim says, Eli is viewed by some as an inferior quarterback who rode on Peyton's coattail, but he played well on a lot of bad teams. But, okay, maybe that's a perspective, but you can't look at his production and say that he rode anybody's coattails. You don't do that in the game of football, let alone in the NFL. You either throw the ball and it's caught or not. It ain't nobody's responsibility but yours. Ghost Texture says, outside of Peyton and Cooper, Eli's the best manning QB. Antonio said, Phillips uh, probably had more interceptions than touchdowns. We need to look at that. Maybe y'all can find a comparison, but I'm going to look at it and find a direct-to-direct comparison of the stats. And there's lots of websites who will do that. You can compare two players. And you could look at career stats for Rivers and career stats for Manning. I mean, if you're into stats. And let's see. Fuzz says, Eli's the worst two-time Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl champ ever. <laughs> That's from Fuzz. The worst two-time Super Bowl champ ever. I never know if they're serious. I, I mean, and, and look, as you get older and go farther in life, the team accomplishments mean more to you and to everybody than the individual stuff anyway. They carry more weight. They do. Here's another thing. Ghost Texture. People don't realize when criticizing him how hard it is to play at Meadowlands and later at MetLife Park. Uh, Circling wind and not to mention November, December with cold. That's certainly tough. This says it hasn't... I said Hall of Fame. Brad says it has become the Hall of Good, and that's why Eli will get in. I got an unnamed texter here that says, are we going to get the Stanford transfer quarterback, and what do you think of him? Why don't we go through that next? A couple of reports popped up over the last uh, couple of days that make it seem even more likely that K.J. Costello from Stanford may wind up in Starkville. I'll tell you what I think. Coming up. In the Farm Bureau studio at Farm Bureau, go with the home team.
0: You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
1: Back on the show, I'm Matt. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau Insurance, your hometown heroes are your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents, available to you in all 82 counties. doesn't no matter what county you live in, you have a local agent, Farm Bureau Insurance agent, right there in your hometown, your home county, right there close. And look, I'm not... I, Exaggerating when I say in most cases, and we're talking 82 counties now, in most cases, those Farm Bureau insurance agents are local people. They're from right there. You probably most likely already know them. You certainly are going to see them out and about. and You go to church with them. Your kids go to school together. They're in the stands on Friday nights rooting for the home team just like you are. Give them a shot. Check them out at favrates.com. Look up your county and see who's there. So the question is, before the break on the text line, was K.J. Costello. I think it was worded on the text line, are we going to get K.J. Costello at Mississippi State? He is from Rancho Santa Margarita, California. Went to Santa Margarita Catholic High School. Big guy. Big old strong arm guy. I think he's listed at... You know, six five and about two hundred and twenty pounds. Played some at Stanford, but did have injuries. Had one thumb injury that I think might have required some surgery, and then missed some time also due to a concussion early during one year. But coming out of high school, he was a highly thought of prospect, a four star ranked prospect. He knocking on the door and being a five star, he was the number three uh, pro style quarterback coming out of high school. So big-time recruit, you know, ability and all that kind of stuff. And there are reports that saying it's more and more, looking more and more likely that K.J. Costello will transfer to Mississippi State to try and win the job and play for Mike Leach. Now, it's my understanding he will have one year of eligibility. Um, Probably looks at the Gardner Minshew situation seeing a guy that was able to go and play a year for Mike Leach and really make good on that because of playing in an offense, one where the quarterback's getting, a hand, getting the ball out of his hands. He's just getting it out of his hands. He's not, they're throwing it a lot, but it's not a lot of standing back there, holding it, holding it, holding it, holding it, pow! It's a whole lot of, said hook, catch, ball's gone. Get it out, let somebody run. And a lot of screens and stuff like that. So maybe – that's the attraction. But if you look at one of the uh, sites that covers this kind of thing, 24-7 sports, they have a feature where, you know, people, they're analysts, they're people that work for the network in different parts of the country that may have information, sort of a prediction where they plug in, in their own, they call it a crystal ball, like who's, where is he going in your crystal ball projection? and. Right now, they're all putting him in as going to Mississippi State, and so we'll see if that actually ends up happening. But it looks more and more likely by the day. It's my understanding he will visit the school and the campus and the facilities and the coaching staff very soon. I, I, I'd heard this weekend, I don't know for certain if it is, but it is very soon, and so we'll know soon. All right, Divinity Equipment phone line, Jay in Baltimore listening. What's up, Jay?
0: to the press. Another preseason baseball poll was released today. Uh, the verdict is out. The Bulldogs are going to be good. Top of the lineup is going to be as good, if probably not the best in the country. Most analysts believe that the pitching is going to determine whether we go to Omaha or not. But you and I talked a little bit last year about the defense up the middle um, on third base. Um, that's not getting talked about very much, and it seems to never get talked about in baseball. Um, just tell me a little bit about your thoughts around how important defense is in general in, in college baseball and specifically how you think the Dodgers are going to stack up defensively going into 2020.
1: so number one jay they are alleged and i guess maybe stats back this up to have the best double play duo right i, I think they they feel like they can be between you know foscu and westberg in the middle The other thing that you have to look at, okay, so third base is up for grabs, and uh, Landon Jordan, I think is who kind of the prevailing thought is that, you know, he was a freshman a year ago, hit a bunch, and his first fall, which would be fall of 2018, he went in there and was actually their best hitter in the fall, and then, of course, you know, you get into your first SEC season, you learn how people scout you, and they find a hole here and there, and... You know, but he but he's pretty good, effective, and they seem to think that maybe he's going to be your third baseman. We'll see. Uh, behind the plate, to me, now some things that I learned. I don't know if you listened to the uh, interview with Chris Lamonis that I did on the Dogpile podcast. I, I think you told me you did listen to it. Of he, course. <laughs> yeah, he, of course, he, he mentioned the relationship that uh, Luke Hancock, the. You know, I guess perceived projected starting catcher this year that he and JT again have had going all the way back. They weren't in high school together, they went to two different high schools, but they played the travel ball and the summer ball and all that stuff all right. those years. And so they've had a long standing relationship. Um, I was just to give you a preview, I was talking to some former players, Ross Mitchell, Jay Powell, both those guys, former pitchers and talked a little bit about that relationship and how big that is, Um, by all accounts, they feel like Hancock's going to be able to step in and do the job left by Skelton, who was phenomenal last year behind the plate. But we know this, you don't play just one catcher. (laughs) You know, you're going to play some others. So to, to me, I think, Jay, what if I said that I feel like what you are as a defense begins up the middle. Shortstop, second base, yeah. and center field. And if that's the case, I would say to you, do you agree with that? And if you do, you have to feel good, don't you, about Westberg, Foscue, and Rowdy Jordan in center field?
0: Well, I do, but again, I bring it up because I remember last year we were a little bit concerned about the defense. And mm. um, if you look at the stats um, – Jordan, uh, no, Westberg, and Poscu definitely had a few more errors than uh, expected, or at least we wanted. But we knew they were both playing new new roles there. And right. uh, third base is always uh, questionable, so I, I'm I think it's something to watch out for early season, uh, just how good this middle defense is going to be.
1: Yeah, you know I think the way that Chris Lamonis described Westberg at shortstop. What was it? Sort of a blue collar short style. Like he's not flashy. Like he doesn't run over and, right. and and glove one off his left knee and spin around and make you ooh ah. He said he just picks up the ball and throws you out and you're out every time. <laughs> and you know, and I guess that's a good thing as long as it, it works. Um and there's bound to be some early yeah. season stuff, but I kind of feel like Jay, you know, this with another year under them of both Foscu and Westberg, another year under their Belt that some of the stuff we might have saw seen last year we're probably not going to see this year. That's that's my hunch. So we'll see. No,
0: I agree with you. Last the last question was, and you mentioned it. Uh, how critical is that second catcher in college ball? Skelton really carried a big load last year um, in, in Major League Baseball. It's, it's obviously a necessity, but uh, how critical is it in college?
1: How critical? That's a good question. It's because a lot of times it, I don't know. Again, I'm not the expert, but it just kind of seems like a lot of times, you know, you get to that other guy and it's about just kind of being serviceable on that Sunday or that midweek, you know? Um, Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I, well, I tell you at this level, if you're going to be out there, you better be good, you know? And, and right. I, this kid, Austin Kelly, he came in there and pretty quickly, the guy from Indiana, uh, Hayden Jones, last year had a cannon behind the plate and hit some, transferred out. And the coaching staff here now talks about how much upside this kid really has and what kind of arm he has. Um, They feel good about him. I, but it's important. I mean, if you're going to be out there for any innings at all, it's important. Um, they seem to feel pretty good about it. He's just a freshman, though. Jay, I appreciate the call, man. Got a split. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Baseball to be here before you know it. Stick around.
0: You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show.
1: <laughs> I also. Turn your mic on, Matt. Done. All right, back with you in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. He hate me on Twitter, says. Radio Wyatt listening to your comments on Bear on the podcast. That would be Duranya Wilson. His nickname was Bear. He said, Bear was a stud and my favorite MSU receiver, even over molds. Bear was also a bear when it came to blocking downfield. Sad story. Well, it certainly is. Without question, it certainly is a sad story. Sad story. I was talking to somebody today, and they were letting me know. Actually, it was Chuck Oliver. If you listen uh, to this show on The Zone in Jackson, 105.9, you're familiar with the uh, Chuck Oliver show. Uh, Chuck, was. I was interviewing on his show earlier and he was telling me that um former coach mark richt has gotten an organization or some type of program going where his effort is to facilitate athletes transitioning from being a ball player to the real world to not being one and that made my ears perk up thought to myself I need to reach out to him and of course Chuck suggested I said if you're thinking about that you need to reach out to him and I may do that I may figure out a way to reach out to coach Rick and say hey you know what is this I'd like to learn a little bit more about it and you know I wonder if it's something I ought to get involved in Uh, but yes you're right he was heck of a player hate to see it he was a respectful guy fun guy never an issue guy and um you know, loses his life at 25 years old. He's really just getting started. Any of us who've lived past that, you know how quickly and how short a period of time in this earth 25 years is. It's just way, way, way too young. Hey, listen, I want to update you on this real quick. A couple of things from earlier in the show I think you'll find interesting. On Twitter, well, look at here. Looks like my internet is fouled up. At any rate, it says, see, majorwager.com. I don't know what that is. (laughs) But on Twitter, it says, former Stanford quarterback K.J. Costello will visit Mississippi State this weekend. The second team All-Pac-12 selection in 2018 will be eligible right away for whatever school he grad transfers to. And so he's saying that he'll visit state this weekend. Then another person on Twitter who is Steve, Steve Wiltfung. He is the director of recruiting for 247 Sports, 24-7 Sport. He's in Indianapolis. He's got a blue check mark. If you want, not quite, but almost 100,000 followers on Twitter. And he says that he has logged a crystal ball forecast in favor of Mississippi State for a transfer quarterback, and that's K.J. Costello. So, again, it's like I'm telling you, I mean, there's just more and more that seems to be connecting those two things, State and Mike Leach, and this transfer quarterback who has one year of eligibility immediately eligible to go play. Someone asked earlier about K.J. Costello. He was the second-team All-Pac-12 quarterback in 2018. Okay, so his sophomore year, 2018, he was second-team All-Pac-12. I said sophomore, I'm sorry. That was actually a junior, but he's got a year left. You'll just have to stay with me on that. But that particular year, so two years ago, 2018, he was a starter at Stanford. He threw the ball over 400 times. He goes 65%. 3,540 yards passing, 29 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. As I mean, he had a heck of a year. Big numbers throwing a football. When he was healthy in 2018, he played in 13 games. The year before, as a young guy in 2017, he played in 11 games for Stanford, threw for 1,500 yards, 14 touchdowns, four picks. But in this past year, 2019, his last year at Stanford, that's when he got hurt. He only played in five games total. You know, I think early in the year is when he got the concussion. Later in the year, he got the thumb injury. So only played in five games, but he still goes over a thousand yards passing, 61%, six TDs, three picks. So he's always been a touchdown to interception ratio guy. And the one year that he was healthy and he played on the games, he put up big numbers for Stanford in 2018, throwing a ball. Now, yeah, it's different in the SEC. Ask anybody, ask. You know, Joe Moorhead and Tommy Stevens. It's different in the SEC. It is. But it's one of those where there's no shortage of ability. He's played some big time college football. You know, you go to school at Stanford, get your undergrad there, you kind of, you're going to be able to pick stuff up pretty quickly. And so that's what it appears to be happening. Those are stats. Learn more about him later. He's a big time prospect coming out of high school, big time recruit, in fact. The other thing that I wanted to bring back to your attention from earlier in the show, and then I'm going to come over here to the text line. So, thanks everybody for texting the show at 885 ESPN. We were bringing up the conversation of Eli Manning retiring and the Hall of Fame thing, and then this, you know, back to San Diego who drafted him. He didn't go, and it wound up Philip Rivers went there. What about that comparison? The difference between Rivers and Manning being Manning has two Super Bowls, and that's it. Well, the stats pretty much back that up. In the league for the same amount of time, you know, Rivers probably still going, it looks like, but they came in in the same year, 4 It's pretty incredible how close they are. Manning played in more games than Rivers by a few, eight more games. Manning has more pass attempts by about 500 more pass attempts. In 500 fewer attempts than Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers has more completion, so he's a much better completion percentage guy over career. Manning, 60% in his career. Rivers, 64. We're talking about Eli Manning, 57,000 pass yards in his career. Phillip Rivers, 59,000. Uh, career passer rating, better for Phillip Rivers a little bit. Rivers has thrown more touchdowns. You know, we mentioned the 366 touchdowns for Eli Manning. Rivers has thrown 300 and 97. So more yards, more TDs, fewer picks on fewer attempts for Phillip Rivers in that same period of time. I mentioned fewer interceptions. Eli's thrown about 50 more than Phillip Rivers has in that same period of time. Per game, Rivers better. If you look at playoffs, there's a difference. Playoffs, yes, playoffs. Eli Manning, slightly better in completions per game in the playoffs than Rivers, but Rivers more yards per game in the playoffs than Eli Manning. But they are so close. And I say, okay, Manning 234 yards a game in the playoffs, Rivers 241. You see what I'm saying? Like they're separated by about five yards. It's amazing how close their stats are. Rivers overall better stats, but has zero Super Bowls, and Eli's got two. There's your comparison. All right, back over here on the text line, 885 ESPN. From my buddy Ross Mitchell, Magnolia, Stripe, and Seal. Y'all remember that name? He says, would you take Eli in his prime over the top six quarterbacks in the league right now? Dang. Well, who are they? (laughs) Um. I'd have to go – I mean, we can kind of guess. But let's just say, like, if you looked at who they were this year, who were the top quarterbacks in the league this year? Patrick Mahomes, you wouldn't take him – you wouldn't take Eli in his prime over Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Russell Wilson. Would you take Eli over Russell Wilson in his prime? This year, Lamar Jackson. Would you take Eli Manning in his prime over Lamar Jackson? I probably would, and build the team differently. Would you take Eli Manning in his prime over Drew Brees? No. Would you take Eli Manning in his prime over Aaron Rodgers? No. I mean, you wouldn't. Would you take Eli Manning in his prime over Tom Brady? Well, he beat him twice. I don't know that I'd take him in his prime over Brady. <laughs> Did I hesitate too much for you? So, I I mean, you say the top six. I'd have to get down there to number six or number seven, probably, probably Ross, before I'd find one that I would take Eli in his prime over. Antonio on the text line says, will Eli be a first ballot Hall, Hall of Famer? I think he would. Ghost Texter says Eli's stats would dwarf even Peyton's if he played 60% or more of his games in a dome. Peyton's wobbly throws would have been shot out of the sky by Duck Hunters if he played in New York. (laughs) Oh, boy, we can project anything, can't we? Chris says you were referring to Dan Fouts' record uh, compared to Eli's. Fouts' win-loss percentage is .503, so the win-loss shouldn't hurt him. Mad Mail Person says, when state has 50 or more double plays, they are really dominant. Uh, What does that relate? 50 or more, what? Denzel says, if I read it right, Mississippi State will be KJ Costello's only official visit, meaning state's the only school getting an official visit from him, which, if that is the case, it's pretty much a done deal at this point, right? Like he wants to play in that offense at state or try to. Uh, Let's see. RJ from Alpharetta says, Matt, what is Keaton's status? Is he still on the team? The word was he was going to transfer to Florida. I had not heard that. I had heard that if he stays, he might actually play some receiver instead of playing quarterback. That's what I'd heard. But again, I don't have anything official on that. You won't for a while. Now, what does this mean? Okay, so a ghost texter says, Rivers did have... LT, you mean left tackle? Not to defend Eli. You say, when you compare Eli to Rivers, throw in this year's stats for Jameis and compare it to Eli's. I, I can't read all that. It's, it's like in gibberish. I, I need to actually, if I'm going to read the text on the air, I'm just going to have to have as close to a complete sentence as we can get. I can't read text. I need... Like you're running into that old voice to text, bro. Yeah, I need sentences. That's really what I need. (laughs) Jason says that Rivers never had a defense, a.k.a. the Chargers never put a team around him. Archie saw that coming. Good choice by Eli. I mean, how can you argue it? You're right. I mean, San Diego drafts him. He says, we're not going there. Oh, okay, I get you. I, I see what you're saying. LT meant Ladanian Tomlinson. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Eli never had a Ladanian Tomlinson. He had some good ones, though. But how can you argue they made a bad decision because he says, I'm not going to San Diego. He goes to New York, actually doesn't put up completely better stats over the same period of time that Rivers did, yet Eli's on a team that wins two Super Bowls. Why? They had good teams around him there for a couple of years. It's just true. Kerry uh, says, in a league designed for teams to go 8-8, eight and eight, every team is up one year down the next. So Eli's record should be close to break even, and he won two titles and the an MVP both times. It applies to everyone almost, but rare exceptions like the Patriots. When it comes to the Hall of Fame, you basically th- uh, know it when you see it. I can agree with that. You know it when you see it. Like we were talking about earlier with Joe Namath. We look at wins and losses. His all time record is, he's got a losing record. But, buddy, there was no doubt that Joe Namath was a Hall of Famer. None whatsoever. Okay, coming up to start hour two, it broke late yesterday. Zach Arnett's the new defensive coordinator, Mississippi State. Who is he? And what does Matt think about it? Yeah, me, me, third person, me. I'll tell you next. Stick around. (laughs) We'll be right back. <laughs> back.